This is Exponent Philanthropy's catalytic podcast, Conversations with Leaders at Small Foundations. Meet some of the most creative, resourceful, and risk-taking foundation people in the country. Small-staffed foundations have the power to help new, innovative ideas develop, mature, and get noticed. The Hauoli Mauloa Foundation in Hawaii is a great example. Over the course of 12 years, the foundation convened a group of organizations that train people in an approach to education focused on learning in the natural world. This approach is called Aina-based education. Gradually, the foundation and its partners nurtured and developed this emerging field. They facilitated peer learning, developed different ways to deliver the programs, and demonstrated the impact. Together, they managed to make Aina-based education more widely known in the state of Hawaii. This has opened the possibility for many more youth in Hawaii to benefit from these powerful experiences that connect people to the environment, history, and heritage, and connect people to each other. Executive Director Janice Reichman explains how her foundation's dual commitment to partnership and focusing deeply over time empowered and inspired this work? I think a role that I I don't know I would have described a number of years ago, but I think is so critical, is we are learners. We are students. And um, uh, uh, who teaches us and about what is really an important aspect of our, our work and how we how we learn from folks and how we learn with folks really sets a stage, I think, and sets a, uh, a foundation, a, a grounding for us to do, to, to exercise other roles um, in more meaningful, deeper, richer, um, authentic ways. Um, and let me use the example of um, thunder. You know, um, if if we, for for us at Haoli Maloa Foundation, it's really been important for us to um, identify a strategy, a direction, an approach um, for funding before we dive in, and how we develop that approach, how we um, put kind of legs to an approach um, has really been a process of listening and asking good questions of a wide range of folks who are experts. And by experts, I'm talking about, you know, credentialed experts and life-lived um, experiential experts um, who 
give us, who are willing to share their thoughts, their knowledge, their understanding of a particular issue that's of importance to us and that helps guide us in then developing a funding strategy and in rolling out that funding strategy. You know, um, there's always, I, I think in every community, there's always the usual suspects, the people who, you, you know, you talk to three people and they say, oh, you got to talk to. And that's really an important question. Who else should I be talking to about this topic? Um, who else knows um, something that um, you know um, or, or that who, who else do you work with? And so using um, the, the, a starting point and then um, moving out from there um, and, and triangulating, so asking a variety of folks and hearing whose name pops up a couple of times has been something that's been helpful to us. And, you know, it's, it's also really good to talk to people, and, and this is harder for me, but it's really good for, for us to talk to people who think about the issue differently so we hear different perspectives um, than our own. It's easy for me to go talk to people who share our approach or share um, our way of engaging. It's harder for me to um, approach the folks, but really important for me to hear, for us to hear um, from folks who um, don't necessarily approach the issue in the same way we do, because there's opportunity to learn as well. I think about um, how being a learner informs um, our funding role from a strategic perspective. It also um, can inform the, the structure in which the funding takes place. So how do we listen carefully um, and understand what tools we have in our um, funder, funder quiver that might make the most sense for this kind of situation? So for instance, um, when do we enter into a returnable grant? How do we know to do that? Um, that comes from listening from uh, learning about different approaches and, and listening to folks about what might work and what might not. Um, so I think that informing even the, the form of funding, um, not just the strategic direction for funding, but also the form that funding might take comes from being really um, uh, open to and um, curious a curious um, uh, person who wants to know how can we best use these resources in the service of this partner organization getting um, its work done and in us working hand in hand together to accomplish whatever goal we are sharing. You know, our board made a decision pretty early on when we started staffing up that we would, our, our theory of change is, is I think, um, described um, kind of um, in shorthand in two ways. 
one aspect of our theory of change is partnership. That by partnering and and really really working hard at um, creating um, relationship that is respectful, that um, um, is grounded in um, shared goals, um, is co-learning. Um, so that partnership approach, as well as going deep on an issue, is um, are two ideas that um, underscore kind of where we think we will have the most value and the most impact over the long run. Um, we talked a lot about we could do, you know, let a thousand flowers bloom and that for us, it makes more sense to go deep on a few issues and to, to stick with those issues over time. Um, in a partnership relationship. We, we do nothing on our own. We do everything in partnership. Our mission starts with in partnership with others. So if I say, you know, that, that this is something we contributed, it, it really is the collective we. But I, so with that um, context, um, the, the foundation didn't start out um, working in Aina-based education. We didn't, we didn't have that, that knowledge, that understanding of what we were doing. Partners taught us that that's really the work that we were about, was um, supporting Aina-based education for all kids in Hawaii. One of the ways we listen is um, to, to, by convening, um, another role that a funder um, has um, in their, their toolbox, um, but by convening folks, by bringing folks together and um, just creating space for people to um, share experience back and forth. We've been convening a group um, of our um, partners who are all, all share a, a common um, thread of work that has to do with engaging with kids in learning settings in the out, outdoors. Um, from uh, our perspective, we call it Aina-based education, uh, learning from um, the land, um, learning from the ocean, um, learning in the outdoors, um, and um, bringing, creating space for those, those folks to come together to talk about um, what's going on today? What are they seeing? How are they managing? Um, what um, pivots are they um, uh, deploying? Um, what are they feeling? And um, we can engage in that conversation and we can listen in that conversation and take away um, uh, incredible um uh, information and, and um, ideas and knowledge and wisdom from these folks. So um, in, in convening settings, one also has the opportunity, I think, to be a learner um, if, if we frame those convening settings properly. So we generate ideas for topics, but we also um, invite folks 
to um, suggest topics they'd like to hear about. And so sometimes we'll have resource people there. Um, yesterday, we had one of those convenings and one of our partners, three folks from one of our partner organizations um, has been doing some really, really just remarkable um, evaluation work. And it's, it's all in the spirit of listening to program participants and understanding what their experiences have been through COVID, but also I mean, they, they've rolled out a longitudinal study um, going, back to, um, going back 20 years um, of program participants and ask for really comprehensive input from um, their, what they think of as their alums, to understand their work, the impact of their work, and how they might um, do their work differently going forward. And so they shared both what they've been doing and what they're learning with um, other partners in this space that, that we create. And, and I think in the, the dozen years that we've been doing this work, I, I hear um, more conversations about the importance of and the value of INA-based education than I did a dozen years ago. As I said, it, it, it was not a term that certainly rolled off my tongue. Um, and I don't think it was as, um, as familiar to a number of folks as it is today. Um, I think that the foundation has, through its specific funding, demonstrated what I think of as um, exemplary proof points, that there are um, a number of ways in which high-quality INA-based education can be delivered to kids in communities. And we have um, uh, 19 examples of that across the state um, that were doing the work before we came but are doing um, and, and are doing the work today, I think in some cases in, in um, either broader or deeper ways, um, more formalized work, more um, intentional work, more, um, I think there is um, some movement toward more engagement with the Department of Education, which is really where our kids are. So, um, uh, holding hands with the Department of Education has, has been a, um, an important aspect of furthering INA-based education for all kids in Hawaii, which we think is critical to their educational development and to their future. Thanks to Janice Reichman for joining us. To learn more about Janice and the Haoli Mauloa Foundation, visit the Catalytic Podcast website. Look for new Catalytic Podcasts each month. Meet more creative funders. Benji Ru does the audio engineering and mixing. Our website is by Kwok Lee. Our music is by O Future. The Catalytic Podcast is made possible by grants from two Exponent members, the 1772 Foundation and the Blackstone Ranch Institute. I'm your producer and host, Andy Carroll. Thanks for listening. Join us next time.